With me now, I'm joined by a woman who knows the intricacies of sanctions well and the root of dirty money. Olena Halushka is a board member for the Ukraine-based Anti-Corruption Action Center. She's also a writer and political commentator. Her works can be found in the Washington Post, the Atlantic, foreign policy, and so forth. She joins me from Warsaw and Poland. Olena, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you very much for inviting me. I guess um, today we saw the president address the UN Security Council. He made he used some very harsh terms, very stark terms to describe what was going on in Ukraine right now. You've been speaking about this since the beginning, since even before uh, the invasion began. As of today, what does what does Ukraine need now from its allies to best protect itself as we see these evidences of war crimes taking place? Um, we need military assistance, but we need very specific military assistance. Um, in particular, we need air and missile defense, uh, which Ukraine has been requesting the Western partners for uh, even before the invasion start. This new phase of the invasion started on the February twenty fourth. So basically, when this uh, build up started late. Uh, autumn, since then, Ukraine has been asking for, for, for this long-range and medium-range air and missile defense, because that's something which might help us to protect our peaceful uh, cities and towns from the bombs and missiles, which are falling from the sky. That's the biggest vulnerability, because again, we, we have heard from the best world intelligence services that Ukraine will fall in 72 hours. This did not take place. Uh, Ukraine not only managed to stand the ground, to hold the ground, but Ukrainian military is, is doing miracles on the ground. But the biggest problem is with what is falling from the sky, with, with uh, Russian aircrafts uh, throwing bombs on Ukrainians, with, with Russian missiles uh, being fired, um, heavy artillery. So we need the protection. Um, we need this protection. Uh, but also, given the, the, the fact that um, Russian military has withdrawn from the north of Ukraine, so they um, retreated from, from Kyiv, from Chernihiv, from Sumer regions, um, which is the tactical victory. But that also means that they will be right now relocating these forces and uh, bringing the reinforcement to the uh, south and to the east. And the next battle, which will be the battle for the east, um, is the next phase of the war, and it will be the decisive one. And for that battle to be won by Ukraine, we need much more... Mm, heavy weapons support. We need more tanks, we need more artillery, we need more uh, armor vehicles. And Ukraine has been requesting this from the international partners. And unfortunately, the speed for this support coming, it is very slow. And the delay in providing Ukraine with this assistance means more, um, more towns, uh, more cities uh, being um, being genocided 
uh, by Russia. And that's something which we ha- what we have seen in Bucha, but not only in Bucha. Bucha is only the tip of the iceberg, but we have seen that peaceful residents were tortured, they were kidnapped, they had this, they had their hands tied behind their backs, and they were shot. Um, uh, uh, on their heads. Um, We've been seeing a lot of evidence of women and even children being raped by Russian military. Um, Any delay in providing Ukraine with the necessary military assistance means much more time given to Russian military for committing these atrocities against peaceful Ukrainian citizens. That is why we are advocating for this assistance to be provided to Ukraine as soon as possible and for the assistance to be um, to, to correspond to the requests of the Ukrainian authorities because um, short range um, air and missile defense is not um, effective enough to help us to protect uh, towns like Mariupol or Kharkiv or Chernihiv, which are constantly bombed. So for that, we need uh, long-range missiles. Elena, you wrote wrote Mm -hmm. that if the West can't draw a red line now, that you would help them. I I imagine from your position, what's been uncovered in Bucha and what you what we believe or understand to be still hidden in many other areas that Russian troops occupied should be the final straw. This, there should, there can't be any more delays now. Yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, I thought that uh, what was uncovered, what was revealed in Mariupol was already very shocking. And, uh, but unfortunately we did not see the West activating um, the, the speed uh, of their assistance. And now we are seeing Bucha, and now we are hearing a lot of um, world leaders um, finally uh, admitting that what Russia is doing is, is war crimes um, in Ukraine. But again, you know, days pass and we do not hear, uh, you know, we do not see uh, some meaningful actions uh, for the support. And uh, Bucha is just the beginning. I mean, what we are hearing from the um, territories occupied on the south of Ukraine, on the east of Ukraine, Kherson regions, I mean, the news coming from there are very worrying. You know, the activists and the local um, representatives of the local authorities, they are being hunted. They are being kidnapped tortured, abducted. Some of them were already found dead. Some are still missing and we do not know whether they, um, you know, we will uh, find them uh, alive somewhere in the uh, capture or they were already killed by the Russians. And as time is passing, more and more atrocities against peaceful Ukrainian population will take place. This should be stopped. And the West has the power and has the, 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 the ability to stop it without the direct engagement in the conflict, we are, uh, in the war. We are not um, expecting NATO troops to be fighting for us, but we are expecting the West to provide us with all the necessary military assistance to be able to uh, do it on ourselves. 
Speaking with Olena Halushka, she's a board member for the Ukraine-based Anti-Corruption Action Center, a writer and political commentator. After this, we'll talk a bit more about sanctions. How effective have they been? We're seeing new sanctions announced today. Uh, How effective will those be? What more needs to be done? We'll be back with that. I'm back now with Annie Rowarda. She's the creator of Depths of Wikipedia, a page, Instagram account I definitely recommend you go look at, uh, you and 800,000 others at this point, and a Twitter feed with more than 300,000 followers. Really, it's about finding the unique and the curious on Wikipedia. Um, Annie, tell me a bit about, you, you do mention it in this interview you did with the New York Times recently, but there was something that you really enjoyed about Wikipedia itself in this greater sort of world of misinformation and disinformation and trolling and scoring points and politics, there's something kind of uh, interesting and, and, and uh, fundamentally good about Wikipedia, I gather. Well, yeah. I mean, there's something so beautiful and democratic and rare about finding a place on the internet where people are coming together to build something for the rest of humanity and while other like web 2.0 um, platforms like Facebook, YouTube, whatever, they really struggle with content moderation. The community moderation model that you see on Wikipedia, for example, it, it really gives me a lot of faith in humanity. You get to see all the different opinions, you know, debate whether this should be in the article or not. Um, and it's really exciting to me. I uh, heard Jimmy Wales, who founded Wikipedia, He often says that the site was born out of the dot-com crash. The reason is that he developed it and then there stopped being very much money in, uh, you know, internet companies. And that's when they decided to do the volunteer nonprofit model. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it's better off for it because you don't have uh, like special interest in editing. It's really just seems to be, I mean, aside for some rogue PR firms or vandals, for the most part, it seems like it's just people who are really passionate about information access and who genuinely enjoy uh, writing encyclopedia articles in their free time. I think it's the best. I love it. One of the things that happens, though, when lots of passionate people get involved in something is that there tends to be a lot of arguing over what exactly belongs because everyone believes in their own uh, rightness in a certain way. Is there much in that? Do you see much of that from just from what you do in terms of Wikipedia, where people sort of duel over what exactly belongs uh, belongs in an article or not? Oh, absolutely. If you're on Wikipedia, there is a tab at the top that says talk page, or it just says talk, excuse me. And if you click on that, you get to see all these discussions that editors have had. And some of them are quite drama filled. Um, so it's, you know, should we include this photo? What about this phrasing? Is it, should we include all of this information about this person's pets? Stuff like that. Um, and it's, very eye-opening and also interesting and uh there's some deletion discussions also that you can read um wikipedia has its own well there's levels to being an editor so you can be just a joe schmo off the street and make edits and that's great but once you reach certain statuses like being an admin or being on the for example arbitration committee your opinions about what wikipedia should be and what it should include they carry more weight um yeah, I didn't real. I didn't realize that. I had no idea that there were different levels of 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 people because things on Wikipedia are are these days are almost edited to the insta second. Like the, when it, when an event yes. happens, it's almost on <laughs> yes. Wikipedia before you can look it up. Definitely, um, there's I think a whole economy on Wikipedia, and like I said before, um, there are people who fit themselves into the Wikipedia puzzle by doing all sorts of different things.
How do you make sure that what you're sharing is in fact legit? Because you never do know. I mean, I'm in I'm in the news business, right? Sometimes you see something, you think, "Wow, that's fascinating," and then you dig it into a dig into a little bit and realize it's not exactly what it seems to be. How do you manage to sort of fact check? That is a good question. I used to not care so much. I would just screenshot Wikipedia and post it. But these days, I try to do more due 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 excuse me due diligence right. to make sure I'm not sharing, you know, for example, Wikipedia vandalism or um, sharing something that's really not a great style or doesn't have great uh, sourcing. So I do try my best to check the source um, on whatever Wikipedia fun fact I'm looking at. And if it checks out, I'll post it. But if the source isn't great or if the article isn't written well, I'll, I'll just change it. I'll just edit it to make it better rather than sharing a less than ideal uh, snippet. So if you see something you really like, you can actually go research it a bit and make make the Wikipedia article more correct for your purposes. I mean, yes. Well, but beca- I'm careful that I don't ever edit things and then post them. Like, I, I think it'd be a conflict of interest if I was editing something just to make it funny or interesting or weird and then post it. So I do try to avoid that. But if I am looking for something to post and I stumble upon you know, like a grammar error or a phrasing mistake or a bad source, I'll definitely fix it. I obviously had thought of you because Avril Lavigne was on the Grammys last night and she's, Canadian, <laughs> and she's Canadian to top it all off. And there's some, that's one of the other rumors out there. Like these are, you've also found things that are odd as well on, on Wikipedia, sort of rumors that have started that, that aren't necessarily. So how does that fit into, uh, to your, uh, your, of, so to speak, your work? So yeah, it's notability is, is tough and that's something that editors talk about a lot if there's a rumor that affects culture um and is backed up by all sorts of secondary sources then maybe it's notable enough for a wikipedia article um like just because wikipedia has i mean i presume they have articles about you know QAnon stuff that doesn't mean that wikipedia is advocating for it it just means it's saying this really affects culture um so yeah, I mean, Wikipedia is definitely not a billboard. It's not a crystal ball where you can just write your theories or do your original research. But if, if something is backed up by all sorts of secondary sources, um, often it can be on Wikipedia. Because I should mention this in the New York Times article, one of the opening examples in the, in the article is something about that some people believe that Avril Lavigne died in 2003 and was replaced by a lookalike, right? Which is clearly untrue, but <laughs> interesting fact nonetheless. So what now, Annie? What now that you've, you've unleashed this, this successful and interesting venture, what will you do with it? That's a big question. So I'm about to graduate from the University of Michigan. I have a degree, or well, I'm about to have a degree in neuroscience. I saw myself for a long time becoming a teacher, a science teacher. Um, but for now, I think I'm going to put that on the back burner. And for now, I've been doing quite a bit of freelance writing, and I've really been enjoying that. Um, so when I graduate, I plan to continue writing. Um, and I've done some live comedy shows. And so I think the freelance uh, position will allow me to keep doing some comedy shows and overall just figure it out. But if all else fails, I'll go to grad school and become a teacher and I will share the Wikipedia love in the classroom. Is there a wiki? I didn't look this up, but I really should have. Is there a Wikipedia page about you yet? <laughs> yes, there is. Um, <laughs> it, it, it popped up a few weeks ago. And I'm excited because when it first uh, when it first 
um, entered Wikipedia, it was not great. It was pretty short. It did not have great, um, great citations, but now it's looking pretty good. Um, I, I can't edit my own article. That would be a blatant conflict of interest. So it's a little weird to sit on the sidelines and watch it happen, but it's also cool. I think there's been maybe like a hundred independent editors that have worked on it. Wow. Crazy to see. Wow. That's like Wikipedia royalty. Annie Rarada, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And thank you. What a fascinating story. Good luck. Thank you.